Hi, this is Craig. Thank you for tuning in. Appreciate it very much. I know that you want to hear what God has to say today. God gives us messages every time we're together about living the Christian life. What do we need to be looking for? How do we walk the walk and talk the talk at the same time? Is that like patting your head and rubbing your stomach? Not sure if that's the same analogy or not. Anyway, God wants us to hear from him. And today's message is unique, if not just really interesting. The title of today's message is, Death is a Lie. Because, you know, lies, uh, they're, they're a big problem these days. And, and actually, they've been a problem for a long time, but much more so these days than when I was a kid. I mean, we never lied. We didn't want to get in trouble. But statistics are showing that more and more you think it's okay to lie. And if you get caught, that just means you need to become a better liar. Not that you've done anything wrong or something like that. I mean, it's not your fault, right? But let me ask you, have you ever lied? Now think about it. Have you ever lied? Yeah, go ahead. Walk over there, look in the mirror, because this just may be the second time you've ever lied. I don't know. I don't know you. Maybe. But the Bible tells us in Colossians 3, 9, 3 verse 9, Do not lie to each other. And Ephesians 4.25 says, Put a false head and speak truthfully to each other. And we all know lying is wrong. We would not want people lying to us, would we? I mean, of course not. I don't. Well, then the golden rule actually helps here because that's as we'd want others to do to us that we do to them. So we don't do to others because we wouldn't want to be lied to either. When are you tempted to lie the most? What, what, what would you say? What, what, what is tempted to lie the most? Well, I believe that tempted to lie the most is when you think you're going to get in trouble. And so you just become afraid. And so you're going to lie so you don't get in trouble. Or maybe it's when you stretch the truth just a little bit. So do you ever find yourself tempted in those situations to lie just that little pinch? Because it you're afraid something really bad's going to happen to you. Or maybe because you're just greedy. You know, fear and greed, they fuel our temptations to lie to others all the time. We literally sacrifice other people when we lie. Think about it. We literally sacrifice other people when we lie. Because when we lie, we're saying, I'd rather you live without the truth than for me to live with the truth. Lying is another form of hate. And that's pretty strong if you stop and think about it, though, because Proverbs 26, 28 says, A lying tongue hates those it hurts. I, I, I didn't say that. God said that. And if you struggle with temptation to lie, then I struggle with temptation to lie, too. But perhaps knowing how this whole lying thing got started, it just might help us see our way out of it. What do you think? Let's look at John 8, 42-47. Jesus is saying to them, If God were your Father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. 
You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. That's a very interesting passage, isn't it? Wow. Just really got to think that through. Again, John 8, 42, 47. So you can go back and uh, read it again. But for now, I just want to take a couple minutes and point out a few things what John is what I believe John's trying to tell us here. Satan wants to rid the earth of you. He was a murderer from the beginning. He's shown in the temptation of Adam and Eve, and he's bringing death upon the whole human race since then. And then also, what about Cain, when he convinced him to kill his brother Abel? Satan wants you and all people dead, the bottom line. They want you to die, all bottom line. And what is the most effective ways that he destroys people and takes their life away from them? Well, one of them is lying. Let's say Satan has a trap set over here uh, uh, around the corner for you. Now, he's been studying your life from the beard before you were born. And he knows all of your weaknesses. He's scheming. He's plotting. He's writing out the assignments against you and sending them off to his demons, telling them how to get you to go in this certain direction. He has a death trap set up for you. And lying leads people to believe everything is safe and all right. So they will keep heading straight in the direction of his trap. Satan is called what, what it said here in this passage besides a murder. What did it say? Verse 44 it said that he is a liar and the father of lies. Satan is the father of lies. Now, apparently has children, and, and, and maybe you're a parent or a grandparent or, or, or maybe not yet, aunt, uncle, something like that. And these, these children, they, they often look, they look like their parent, yeah, and they, they, they tend to act like their parent, and, and they'll even talk like their parent sometimes. So when we lie, we are literally acting like what? Children, right? Only we are children of Satan when we lie. Think of that way. Whoa, I would ever think about lying now when I think about that. Literally acting like what we're acting like children of Satan. This is not just a new thing in the New Testament, but the Old Testament actually has much to say about lying and lies. Did you know another word for lies is falsehood? When you speak something that is not true or truthful, you have shared a false representation of reality and you have lied. Whether by mistake or not, you still lied. Now, in the Psalms and the Proverbs, a person who is known to do this, who has a reputation, let's say, for speaking things that are not true, he is called a fool and is doing things God himself hates. That's what they call a liar, a fool. In Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, it says, There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. And one of them is, yeah, you guessed it, lying tongue, 
And it sits among things like haughty and prideful eyes, hands that murder the innocent, a wicked scheming heart, feet which run fast to evil. What is needed here is a godly chiropractic adjustment, that's for sure. Now in the Old Testament law, what is commandment number nine in the Ten Commandments? Do you know them by heart? Maybe you do. If not, it has to deal, here's a clue, and it has to deal with lying. Yep, there it is. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. That's the ninth commandment. Now, right here for a minute, let me give you a few thesaurus words when it comes to false witnessing or, or false testifying, as they say. Deceives. There's a word. We know what that is. It causes others to believe something is a certain way when it is, in fact, not at all. How about fraudulent acts? Pretending to have done something or be something that you, in fact, are not for your own personal gain. You're a fraud. That's where that came from. Betrays. Oh, my gosh. We know what this one is. To gain the favor of person A while you're deceiving person B. You're betraying that person. And wrongful acts, just plain wrong. Disrespectful, harmful, just plain wrong. That's an easy one. Swears falsely, making everyone believe you lie by taking an oath in God's name. And then, of course, lie. Speaking words that are not true or do not totally reflect reality. Reality in the way that God sees it. That's our reality when we're a child of God. Now, let's let's talk about here for a minute and just review what what are so what are some of the ways that we might do this in everyday life? How's that? How about when we share information? Okay, we we know nothing about a certain topic, but just to be looked at by others as being knowledgeable. And why do we do that? We just share it. Because we think it makes us somebody special in their eyes. It gives us status. But we're deceiving ourselves with this thought because in God's eyes, we already are somebody special. We don't have to impress anybody to be special. We are special in God's eyes. He created us. He designed us. He made us in his image. That's why we're so special. But Satan tells us that we need to try and become more or get more respect from others. Greed, that is. And if not, we're afraid people won't notice and love us. That becomes fear now, right? All these vain imaginations go through our minds. And then when we seek to get from others through ungodly means, what we end up with is deeper and deeper in those feelings of rejection and insignificance. So what? We, we share information that is beyond our knowledge in hopes of getting attention, and we stretch the truth, or simply said, we are just liars. That's what that turns out to be. And everything else seems to be a spinoff of this self-deceived state. We're greed and fear. That's all the sub-levels of everything else that goes on there from Satan. We lie, we skip over some income tax on our taxes, just no, just because I forgot. Oh, my goodness. But the fact is, God knows it is income. But we want more by our means to get it. We take up extra time at the office or 
at the store to get what we want, even though we're running late. And then when we get back to the office or we get home and we just share a little white lie about how bad the traffic was or how long the lines were at the store and they were short-staffed or anything like that. But God knows you were thinking only of yourself and what you could get out of it when it's all about you. God knows that. See, my kids sometimes, uh, when they were uh, going out to, you know, you get middle school, you high school and that type of thing, they say they would say to me when they're home, they'd say, now, if, if, if she calls, to tell, tell her I'm not here. I, I don't want to talk to her right now. But I would always say, I will not lie for you. Now, I won't share if she doesn't ask, but if she asks, I will not lie. Even in a game, I won't lie. Especially in the game and when, when I have a chance to teach my children that no matter the state of your life you're in, home, school, church, community, your work, or playing, playground, wherever you're at, no matter what arena you might be playing in, the integrity is the same. And theirs can be too. And it is all a value statement, a moral judgment. I'm not given to situation ethics where truth become where truth uh uh, changes because it, it never does. The truth from God's perspective never changes. And that truth he has given and he's revealed to all of us. That is why this is such an evil thing, lying, because it goes entirely against the character of God and against who he is. And it goes against who he has made you and I to be in a relationship with everyone, including him. And he can't build a relationship on lies. And you just can't do it either. Hebrews 6.18 says, It is impossible for God to lie. And 1 John 2.27, No lie comes from the truth. But Romans 1.25 speaks of a world we have around us so much today and, and what we want to exchange for uh, greed and, and fear. And they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the creator. When Jesus saw Satan fall, he saw the undoing of Satan's kingdom of lies. For the truth was now penetrating that kingdom on a grander scale. Soon Jesus would die. His spirit would fill up and live and every believer set free by the truth. And they would then take the spirit of the truth onto the devil's own turf and start mopping up the lies people in this world are believing. See, lies, lies are like, um, I must hold on to my anger because it gives me power. I must hold on to my unforgiveness because it is the only thing that punishes that person for what they did to me. And I must make others look bad so I make myself look good. And I must always win because if I lose, I'm going to be a loser. And I must always be in control to feel safe and to be accepted. I must always understand. So I won't feel insignificant. I must know more than those around me. Or I am a failure. See, this is all the devil just twisting these little things about you. Yeah, you know, I'll just take these drugs one more time to get me through this time. Right? Ah! Oh. It's okay to look at pornography as long as I don't act on it. It's just looking, you know, look but don't touch type of thing. You know, you've heard those kind of analogies. And I know if I just love him more, he's going to stop beating me. Now, what a lie is that that the enemy puts into somebody's mind, right?
right? Satan has death traps set all over for you and I. And if he can't kill you, he will lie to you so you will choose to go down the path to your death yourself. The power of the enemy is in the lie. Jesus saw Satan fall and the enemy is not over you, but he is under your feet. You're seated in the heavenlies next to Jesus on the throne, for goodness sakes. You have no need to lie. You have no need for lies in your life. And if you have every right to be a child of God, John 1, 12, for those who receive the truth of Jesus Christ and believe in it, to them God gave the right to be called his kid, his child. But Revelations 21, 8 speaks of the fate of all liars. But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. Yeah, so what does that mean for you and I? First John 1, 6 says, If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie, and we do not live by the truth. There is no lie in truth. If you say the truth 99% of the time, that is a 100% a lie. If you're only 99%, that, that is a lie. It is the way God sees it. It's the way Jesus sees it. The Holy Spirit sees it. And if the Spirit is alive within you, you will want to see it that way too. 99% is not it. And that is a 100% lie there. Remember that. That's an interesting little statement there that he gave me. 1 Timothy 4.1 The Spirit clearly says that in the later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and follow the things taught by the demons. Did you know there is a plan against you? Satan has death traps set for you. They're still set. Even you get around some that we talked about earlier. There's more set for you. Every step you take, there's a trap waiting for you. And if he can't kill you right away, he'll get you to take your own life tonight. He will get you on that path that leads you towards his traps. Lies, lies, lies are what he uses to get you off your track. Expose the lie and Satan flees. Jesus saw Satan fall, so you do have hope. We all have hope. Revelations 20, verse 10. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of the burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he too was thrown into the lake of fire. Now Jesus says here, you can know the truth. And the truth will set you free. We've heard that phrase many times. The spirit of the truth is here today. And if you're needing freedom from lies, you have been believing. Freedom from the pain. Freedom from the hurt you've been suffering over and over again. It's been way too long. Step out in faith and receive the truth of God. Exchange the lies for the truth that he has for you. If the spirit is speaking to you today, Will you come? Will you come? I want to pray grace, God's grace upon you. Let us love on you. Let us see that you are filled with the grace of God. Let us know that. Share that with others. Share that with your pastor, with your family. 
Let them know the Spirit is speaking to your heart today. God's Spirit wants to give you the truth. Maybe you're a walking Christian with Him, but you're just off the track a little bit. He wants to realign you with more truth and affirm the truth that He's been trying to tell you. Just ask Him to give you the truth, to come into your heart right now. Change what you've been doing. Protect you from the traps that Satan has laid out there for you. Be careful and seek the Spirit each day. Know that He is protecting you, guiding you, directing you, and keeping you safe from the enemy. The enemy, the enemy is under your feet too. As a Christian with, with Jesus, the enemy is under your feet too. Stomp on him. Get him out of here. Speak the name of Jesus and poof, out he goes. Ask God for that power. Ask God for that those words each day when you get up before you step outside. Don't get caught. Not looking over your shoulder, not paying attention. Don't get caught in any lies. Don't let anybody lie to you. Call them out and be bold. Blessings. This is a powerful message, I know. Powerful message about the lies that are out there that cause us death. But we have the power of Jesus Christ. Amen.